Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Ross Tucker. It's quarter number three, which means it's time for Ask Ross. This is where we take your questions for Ross. Best question wins the KSN polo shirt. If you want to submit a question, download our app, Keystone Sports, and you'll see the Ask Ross button. Ross, y'all ready for our questions? Yes, I am. Let's start with Jimmy from Forest City who says, Ross, how difficult is it for a new offensive lineman like Hunter Norzad to cohesively mesh with his line mates by the first game if he doesn't arrive until the summer, especially since it's a Big Ten road game? It's a good question. Um, I think it's why the more reps he can get in the summer next to whoever he's going to play next to, the better. And then I think if he stays healthy during camp, as does do we know we don't even know if he's playing left guard or right guard, right? Is the expectation he'll play left guard? I I don't know. I read somewhere where they were uh, targeting Landon Tangwall for left guard. So okay, I, and then Norzad. Kind of, I right think it's guard? kind of up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. The point is, is whoever he's going to be next to, the more reps they can get together, the better. The, the more time they can get. Um, with each other, the better. And uh, I think he'll be fine. The good thing, look, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight, and it'll get better. It'll be better at the end of the year than it is at the start of the year. However, you're talking about a guy that's played a lot of football. He's played a lot of college football. So um, I think that's a real positive. Now, the negative is also he's playing a new position. You know, be playing guard when he played tackle at Cornell. But I think it's a real positive that um, he's played as much as he has and that that will help expedite things. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Steve from Chicago. Before we get to Steve's question, I've been uh, exchanging some emails with Steve. Nice little story here. Steve was a winner a few weeks ago when he got his uh, KSN sweatshirt. He wanted a smaller size so he could give it to his 14-year-old daughter, Sarah. And he says both he, Steve, and daughter, Sarah, are big fans, not just of Penn State, but of our show. So we're expanding our demographics there a little bit, Ross. So hello to Steve and Sarah, hopefully listening to the show today. Uh, Steve says, hey, Ross and Jim, how many years have you been doing the show? I know I've been listening for over five-plus years, but for my football question, do you think Saquon Barkley should be pushing for a trade? Would be great to see him behind a better offensive line and have a breakout season. Keep up the great show. Uh, well, first of all, really appreciate the kind words, Steve. Second of all, Jim, how long have we been doing it? I think we're appro- we're like at seven years now, Ross. We're getting old together. <laughs> we're growing old together. Yeah, I mean, I can remember the first studio we were in and John and Richie. I mean, it's uh, it's evolved over the years. I'm still here. I'm still I'm still rolling, having fun with it. So, um, 
I don't know. Oh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you know, I I got to tell you, Jim, I think Saquon has not been in a good situation, but also some of it's on him. You know, he's always kind of been a feast or famine guy. He's always been a, a an a, like it it feels like it's either a big play or it's a tackle for loss and I really feel like that is um I really feel like that has been reflected at the NFL level and you know a, a trade to a better O-line or better situation might help him but so might Brian Dayball you know getting Brian Dayball as the new head coach with the Giants might help him so yet to be determined for Saquon then uh, let's go to Brian in Austin, Texas. Brian says, hey, Ross, I was at my nephew's T-ball game this past weekend. The best part of the game was how often the batter would immediately run to third base after getting a hit and the chaos that followed. This makes me wonder, how does a coach's technique and involvement change during a football player's career? At what age do coaches introduce meaningful strategic techniques? Do these techniques often conflict with coaching styles as you advance? Do players in the NFL still need coaching in a developmental sense, or are they just coached to sustain and maintain? As always, your insight is appreciated. It's a really good question. So, I guess it's like anything else. I mean... The younger you start, you start with the basics. Here's how you block a guy. Well, you start with even the more basics, right? Like you get four downs to get 10 yards. You know, you can throw it or carry it. You know, here's how you block a guy. Here's how you tackle a guy. Here's how you carry the ball. Here's how you throw the ball. And then as you get a little bit older, you know, the coaches kind of add to your skill set, your toolbox, your repertoire, so to speak, so that you've got a few more things you can do. Um, it was eye-opening for me, Jim, to realize in college how much more important technique was than it was in high school. You know, high school... You're taught technique, but you're not like consciously thinking about it. You know what I mean? You get to college and you realize, boy, technique matters and I got to really work on this. And then you get to the NFL, Jim, and it's like, I don't want to say technique's everything, but it's a lot. I mean, technique is an awful, awful lot. And so, you know, the higher the level the more intricate the details of technique are. You know, it's like high school might be the first time they actually teach you how to use your hands when you're blocking. College, they get a lot more involved with how to use your hand. In the NFL, it's like it's like you're a 20-year carpenter, 20-year plumber, or whatever, right? You're really good with different techniques and how to how to approach different situations. You're a pro. It's like anything else. And so um, it's hugely important. And what I find really interesting, and I think maybe the listeners will as well, 
there's not necessarily a consensus on the best way to do it. Different coaches have different styles, different ways they want you to go about it. And if you're a really gifted player, you kind of can just do what you want to some extent. And if you're that good, they don't want to mess with you. If you're a guy like me, it's very different. And every team I went to, every offensive line coach, if I wanted to stay, I had to do it the way he wanted me to do it because I wasn't good enough to stay anyway, um, you know, to do it my own way. And that became really difficult. I had nine offensive line coaches in seven years, if you think about it. Nine in seven, um, Jim. And so, man, uh, just very, very tough for me to ever excel at any one of them. You know, I, be, I felt like I became jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Could you give us, Ross, just an example of how those techniques are different with this coach versus that coach? Yeah, I'll give you one. Um, you know, Jim McNally, uh, who's a very well-known offensive line coach, he really felt like the best way to get movement – was to work on an angle. So a lot of times, he didn't want your shoulders to be square. He wanted you to almost be on a diagonal. So as the guy tries to fight over the top, you kind of have him on that angle. So, you know, it, it puts you between him and where the ball is supposed to be. And as he tries to fight over the top, you already have your shoulders going in the direction he's coming. Whereas, conversely, um, as for Joe Bugle, he would go crazy if your shoulders weren't square. He wanted your shoulders square, vertical, down the field. He felt like wherever your shoulders were, that's where your power was, and he wanted the power going vertical, straight down the field. And it's just crazy, Jim, because it couldn't have been more different. Could not have been more different, which is not ideal if you're me. Uh, it, that's a great example, and it, I think it explains to us why there can be a struggle when, when you change coaches like that and could relate it also to what Penn State has gone through with multiple offensive line coaches over the last couple of years. Uh, let's go to Steve from Madtown, Wisconsin. Hey, Ross, it seems to me under Joe Pa, players got better every year, but with a few exceptions, I don't see that under James. Do you agree? If yes, what's the issue? I think the two main reasons are James puts too much importance importance on hiring position coaches that are good recruiters but are not good at developing players and second too much turnover in the position coaches you know I think uh well first of all I think more guys improve than he gives them credit for you know um Brisker Jair Brown a couple of Lackawanna kids come to mind 
Juice Scruggs comes to mind for sure as someone else that's improved. I feel like Tar Burton has improved. Micah Parsons improved tremendously. Um, Owe improved. But I also understand the flip side. Uh, Jahan Dotson improved. But I also understand the flip side that there have been some high-profile guys, Rasheed Walker and Caden Wallace at tackle. Um, I would argue Brandon Smith at linebacker. Perhaps Tariq Castro-Fields that haven't improved as much as they should. The question is really how much of that is on the coaches and how much of that's on the kids. You know, you got to want to improve, Jim. You got to want to put the extra time in, and I don't know how many of them do that. I think it's a fair critique, but I'm not sure it's that different than other schools. And when you have that many players as you do on a football team, you're not going to get 100% getting better. There's so many different personalities, so many different types of kids. How many of them, as you said, are willing to put that work in to get better? Ross, that is it for our Ask Ross segment. Stick around. Quarter number four, Andy will be back and will name our winner. Stay tuned. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout. 